to work out our salvation, it requires some level of, of energy from us that we push into this. We work at it. We wrestle. Scripture says we wrestle with Scripture. To study to show thyself approved a workman worthy of his hire. These are aspects of our faith that each one of us are responsible for. You coming to church, I, I'm here as a cheerleader to encourage you, to equip you. But the reality is when you leave this place, that's when the, the basis, the foundation of your faith is truly revealed because outside of here is where you're tried. You're challenged. You're confronted with different things in this world. And so it is so important that if we truly desire to experience the outpouring of God's presence in our lives, that we learn to push in, whether it be easy or difficult. That we push in. That we seek Him. That we read His Word. Those days you don't feel like reading His Word, maybe that day you need to read an extra 15 minutes. <laughs> because the enemy wants to tell you you don't need it. You might need to read an extra hour. You may need to shut off the TV and only be in the Word because there's something that is confronting you spiritually that wants you to avoid it. So let me just challenge you to push in, to lean in to the things that God is doing in you. Praise God. Today, um, in our service, I will be giving, sharing a little bit more of the challenge for uh, 2020. It's what I've done the last several weeks. Um, immediately following our service, you're going to have an opportunity to greet one another for a few moments. Then we're going to get together for our, our annual business meeting. Now, my goal, and you guys can help me hold to this, um, how many of you would like to see us in and out in 30 minutes? Okay. I, I've got every, we gave you, most of you that were here last Sunday were able to get the uh, financials. So you can look at it if you are visiting with us. Um, you're more than welcome to look at our financials there. We have nothing that we are uh, in any way wanting to hide. We try to be very transparent with all of our expenditures. Um, but we want you to know that um, if you have any input you want to bring to us about the, the annual budget, you do so in that time. And then there's a sheet that you'll be able to vote. We have three trustees that are um, on the ballot, and all three of them, you can just go down and select yes on all three of them, and, and that, it's that simple. It's not pick one of the three. You, you know, we want all three of them to be running, two of them, uh, Lou and Ryan, this is their second term. Uh, we have a new person that's on the ballot, and that's Seth Miracle. And so uh, we are excited about that, and we just want you to be able to vote on those things. You can vote on the annual budget right on that, uh, on that uh, ballot, and it's, it's a simple process because really the unfolding of the vision doesn't just happen in a moment. It happens through each service over this first month of January and into February, and really it's going to unfold the further end of the year we get as we focus on these new uh, endeavors for the church. So we're excited about it. We want you to be part of it, and um, we hope you're ready for it. So God bless you. You may be seated. It was great to have our kids up here with us today. Thank you, worship team. Ryan thought I was going to take him out there.
knock him right off the stage. I wouldn't do that to Ryan. I may, you know, show signs of it, but I wouldn't do it to him. <laughs> all righty, 2020. Um, we are already um, three weeks into 2020. It's hard to believe. How many of you can see clear, more clearly yet? <laughs> um, 2020 vision is that optimal vision that uh, doctors want you to get to. Um, it's that ability to see everything at the right distance at all times, whether uh, distance or closeness, you're able to see um, in a manner that you could read effectively or see clearly throughout the day. And so 2020, I think, is an appropriate year uh, for us to focus on this, this ability to see. Um, scripture that really has been, uh, I've been leaning into this week is out of Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. And I've, I've chosen the English Standard Version for this because I love a variation that they put, put into the passage that I think is appropriate when you get into the original language for the meaning of the verse. Um, Proverbs 29, 18 says this, Where there is no prophetic vision... The people cast off restraint. But blessed is he who keeps the law. The reality is we need a prophetic vision in this day and age that we live. We need the ability to see beyond our current circumstances into current situations to our destined future. So God wants us to have a prophetic vision. He wants us to see beyond. How many of you can remember when you first started driving a car? How many of you did that start recently? You got any new drivers out there? <laughs> All right. They teach you when you start driving to not look at the just beyond the front of your car, right? What happens if your focus is just at the front of your car? You don't see what's coming. It's dangerous. They teach you to look down the road. Now, for those who have been driving for a while, not only do they teach you to look down the road, but you have two rear view mirrors. And you're to glance at them occasionally. Now, are we to focus on the rear view mirrors? Lord willing, no. Um, if you do, I want to stay on the other side of, of the highway from you. But we're to glance there because it gives us perspective. But our focus is to, is to be down the road so that we are able to see what's in front of us, where we're going. Hopefully we know where we're going. Hopefully we have a destination. Now there are those people out there in this world that you, might, you may be familiar with that they're just out there driving. They have nowhere they're going. And maybe that, is, that was you at one point in life where you were just driving down the highway of life, but you really had no idea why you were out here other than you knew you needed to be moving forward. God wants us to be looking forward, looking beyond. I, I looked up this word prophetic, and I think when you, you see the full meaning of this word prophetic, you understand why it's an appropriate translation of Proverbs 29.18. Prophetic means... Miracle of knowledge, a declaration of something future, 
beyond the power of human understanding to foresee. So look at I've already given you five fill-ins and haven't missed one of them yet for you. But when we're dealing with a prophetic vision, we are dealing with a vision that, number one, is miraculous. It, is, it does not come through our human understanding. We are looking for something that is futuristic. We're looking for something that is beyond this, this moment that we live in. And it does not come from our human understanding. The book of Proverbs earlier in chapter um, 3 verses 5 and 6 says, Lean not into thy own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge Him, acknowledge God, and He will direct your path. So when we lean into God, when we lean into, lean into the revelation of God found in His Word, then God begins to unfold for us this prophetic vision for our lives to see where He wants to take us. Now, for us as a church, God has been giving us just glimpses of where He wants to take us this year, but also understanding that His plan is beyond this year to really the next three to five years, that we're going to start unfolding a plan for you to see some of the direction that God is taking us beyond this moment. And God has been bringing together a group of leaders in our church that help us to establish the plan, the path that God wants us to walk. And that is because of your uh, leader, or your prayers and your uh, recommendations. These individuals that have risen to areas of leadership have done so because you've invested in them as, as your people. And so they're rising to those levels. I'm excited to have Seth uh, coming into this position. Seth is a young leader in our church. Uh, leads our Wednesday night kids program, helps out a lot on Sunday. Um, but he also, he and Missa are so involved in every area of the church. He will bring great um, uh, youth and enthusiasm in that because he's excited about what God's doing. And he also has a great financial mind. The thing about being a trustee, it's not that you just have an established relationship with God, but that you're also good with some finances because a trustee is responsible for the fin- establishing the finances of the church, the budget. So I'm excited about this prophetic vision that God has given us. We are very familiar with Jeremiah 29 11, for I know the plans I have for you, says the, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. So that is what we know that God has said. He has a a specific plan for our church. God wants to do something in us and through us. And the reality is God will be limited to do all that He wants to do by us. See, God is limitless, but He works through us. And when we avail ourselves of the the resources of God, of the powers of heaven, we begin to bring the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, into this world. We have an opportunity, as declared in Scripture, to not only work towards the kingdom of God being established and being part of it in heaven, but also to be part of it here on this earth, that we have the opportunity to see God's kingdom begin to be revealed while we're here. 
And the principles of God's kingdom are written throughout the Scripture that He wants us to be aware of, to experience. So when God's people are willing to rightly apply the Word of God to their lives and live those out, then what happens is God's kingdom begins to be manifested here on this earth. And that's really, as a church, what God is calling us to. Over the last two weeks, I've, re- I've focused on this passage out of 1 Kings chapter 18, verses 41 through 44. I'm going to read it for us one more time because, again, this scripture throughout this next year is going to continue to come up at various times. And Elijah said to Ahab, go up and eat and drink, for there is a sound of the rushing of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Mount Carmel, and he bowed himself down on the earth, put his face between his knees, and he said to his servant, go up now, look towards the sea. And he went up and looked and said, there is nothing. And he said again, go again. Seven times he told him to go. And at the seventh time he said, behold, a little cloud like a man's hand is rising from the sea. And he said, go up, say to Ahabit, Ahab, prepare your chariot and go down, lest the rain stop you. Elijah's Elijah's servant represents us as the church as we approach the vision of God. We look and we don't see. Have any of you ever had something declared in church and you began to look for it and you didn't see it right away? We have uh, plans that we have put together for a new addition to this building. Um, uh, gymnasium, multiple classrooms, upgraded kitchen, fellowship hall area, connecting the entire building so that we would be fully handicap accessible, um, but also having the ability to um, do more things here in this community. Now, when we came up with this plan and we met with an architect and he came and drew these things up with us, um, we voted on them, we approved them, and we had people so excited about it when it was first launched, and we had people who were less excited about it and left. Because in their mentality, their words were, well, how can a church this small do anything like that? And, and we tried to reassure people. It's like, listen, we're not going to go out and borrow $3.5 million and build this tomorrow. That we believe if God is the originator of the plan, that he's going to fund the plan. Our responsibility is to be obedient to the vision. God takes care of his own. And we were willing to believe that, and we were willing to begin to pray towards that. We understood that it was part of the long-range plan for the church. We saw potential. And just because people looked and they didn't immediately see what was available, people lost focus. And if Elijah's servant had given up after the first time, do you think rain would have come? I think it still would have come. It's just Elijah's servant would have missed out. Because the reality is God still, God had already sent a word to Elijah saying, listen Elijah, I'm sending rain. Go tell King Ahab. So the, the thing is, God had already declared something was going to happen. It wasn't Elijah's servant's responsibility to say, oh, it's not going to happen because there's no clouds. 
And Elijah knew that. And so when Elijah's servant came back and said he didn't see anything, Elijah said, go back. Look again. Look with intent to find. Have any of you ever went out looking for something and you couldn't find it and and you know it was there? You know, the ladies of our house um, give Matthew and I a hard time because we can be sent to look for something. And if it's not in our visual spectrum there, um, we have been known to walk back and say, well, it's just not here. And so sometimes we get worked over a few times because it can still be present. Um, And sometimes something can be right in front of us and we miss it because we're not looking with perspective. We're not looking with intent to find. And so Elijah's servant, even though he came back six times with no good report, and Elijah said, no, go look again. And that seventh time he found it. And sometimes we have to keep going back. When we know we've been told that something is there, We have to keep going back, keep looking. When you know that God's Word says that that these things will happen in your life, sometimes we have to keep going back to God's Word, looking, did I miss something? God, how are you going to unfold this? God, how are you going to accomplish this? And we keep getting deeper into God's Word so that God is able to accomplish what He desires to do. But we have to push. The message is repeated over and over again until we begin to see that which has been declared. If God has told us that something will happen, it is our responsibility to keep pushing in. In the New Testament, the disciples and Jesus were in a boat, and Jesus said, we're going to go over to the other side. And while they were on their way, on their journey, a storm rose up, And the disciples were afraid that the storm was going to overtake them. And where was Jesus? He was sleeping in the bow of the boat. (laughs) And the disciples were afraid. Now Jesus had very clearly told them, we're going over to the other side. And they, they wake Jesus up and they said, D- you know, are we going to drown? And Jesus calls up and He silences the storm. And He says, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? Church, when God has, has spoken a word, we need to be able to hold on even when the storms come. Even when difficulties come, we have to hold on to that which God has told us He wants to do. Some may give up along the way, but our responsibility is to hold on to what God has told us to do. And to believe that God is able to accomplish what He has instructed us. That God is able to fulfill a vision that is beyond our earthly ability. Ephesians 3.20 tells us, Now to Him who is able, who is that Him that He's talking about? It's God. Now to Him, to God, who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above 
all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. So it's God working through us. Now this, this verse has some very uh, special things when you get into the, the Greek on this because he's saying that he desires to do exceedingly abundantly above. So you have three different adjectives here dealing with one thought process. And any time you have this, this emphasis, when it's a double emphasis on a word, there, there's a level of authority that God is trying to communicate. Now we have a triple emphasis on, uh, on a principle that God is wanting us to know that He is going to do exceedingly abundantly above what we can think. As His power is working in us. So yes, if God choose, chose to, he could speak and amazing things could happen and a building could appear. God spoke and this world came into existence. So if God were to choose to do so, he could. But God wants to work through us. And God may lead us to relationships with individuals that have resources beyond anything we can imagine who would write one check to fund our new building. It is, it is within God's ability to do that. You know, I was reading the other day, um, a, uh, individual who, uh, had passed away had written, um, a single check to Cedarville University for, I think it was $2.1 million from his estate to bless the university. $2.1 million. Because he wanted to bless the, the university and see it continue to accomplish the vision that God's given it. So let me just tell you, God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can think or imagine. When we are working towards his plan, if the, if the prophetic vision that we are working to see accomplished within the body of Christ is part of God's plan, God has the ability to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could think. God's Word is so clear, but we struggle to see it just like Elijah's servant did. Elijah had to keep sending him back. Elijah didn't need to look in the physical because he was looking in the spiritual. Elijah never had to pull his head up from his prayer. Because spiritually, he was already seeing the fulfillment of that which God had told him to do. And so rather than allow himself to be distracted from the people, from his servant, who couldn't see that which he was needing to see, Elijah stayed focused on the prophetic vision that God had given him, that he was going to show up. God had given him a prophetic vision that rain was coming. That rain was coming. How bad does a drought have to get before we can believe God for a miraculous outpouring? How bad? See, we are blessed in this country that even when we are in the midst of a drought, we still have plenty of water available and other food. Living in South Dakota for 15 years, we had one period of time... Um, I don't know, it might have stretched six years or so that we had no rain in that area, or minimal. And so, um, 
like things were dying off, like people, ranchers were selling off their cattle because it had gotten to the point where they weren't able to grow the stuff to feed them and they couldn't keep them watered. So they were selling them off at a loss because they couldn't do it and they couldn't, you know, like the, the fields, even those that were trying to grow some hay and doing it through other things, things were so dry that a single spark would catch them on fire and there's no way to stop it. Everything is dry and, and living at the foot of the Black Hills when you've got all these trees, all these pine trees that are uh, are are in in this drought mode, they're brittle and they and pine needles burn quickly. And when thing when a fire starts, it has the ability to spread so quickly that you can't control it. See, we sometimes look at our situation, and we think, oh, our situation isn't that bad. <laughs> So even though we may be in a position of drought, we, we say, well, we've actually had a pretty good year, Pastor. We, can't we just be excited to have a good year? Can't we just be excited that we're on the positive side of things? <laughs> that we've had good growth in our, our membership? Can't we just focus on that? Why do we have to push? further why do we have to believe for more see when we're in the midst of a drought we don't we lose the ability to believe God for more because when you're in the midst of a drought even a cup of water seems like a gift and so even though God may give us the ability to stabilize us in the midst of a drought to sustain us when we come out of it, believing God for something more is so far beyond our earthly ability, we don't know what to do with it. But I believe God is calling us to believe for more. Something beyond what we can do. One of the problems the children of Israel had was eyes to see, but not seeing. Ezekiel 12.2 emphasizes this. He says, Son of man, you are living among people who refuse to obey me. They have eyes that can see, but they do not really see. They have ears that can hear, but they do not really hear. They refuse to obey me. Let this not be said of us, church, that we are a group of people who follow God in word, who find obedience, and yet we don't see the full potential. I know for a fact that as a general population of a church, that most people do not operate in their giftings. They, have the, they don't have the ability to see themselves in the full potential that God has for them. They can only see themselves in light of their own experience. And at some point, we must begin to believe God for what God's Word declares He wants to do in us, and not what we can believe God for. It takes faith. We must have faith. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. See, faith gives us the ability to believe for God for things even when we don't see. Even when the first six times we looked and there was no cloud in the sky. It gives us the ability to go back and look the seventh time. It gives us the ability to persevere, to prevail as we talked about last week. 
to prevail, to not give up, to not give in, to keep moving forward, to keep working towards being part of what God is doing. The faith we will need in this season of our lives is not faith based in what we already have, but in that which the Lord desires to do for us and in us. The faith we need in this season of our lives is not faith based in what we already have, but it is based in that which the Lord desires to do in and for us. And so the question we must ask is, what does the Lord desire for us? What does the Lord desire for us as a church? I found it appropriate that yesterday as I was writing this, it was raining all day. (laughs) I think God's Word is clear. He desires rain. God wants it to rain in our lives. Rain is not bad. It may challenge us at times. But the truth is, we need rain. We need the rain of God's presence. There are various passages throughout the Scriptures that deal with uh, rain in reference to God's presence coming down. Isaiah 44, 1-4 says, Family of Jacob, listen to me. You are my servant. People of Israel, I have chosen you. I made you. I formed you when you were born as a nation. And I will help you. So listen to what I am saying. Family of Jacob, do not be afraid. You are my servant. People of Israel, I have chosen you. I will pour out water on the thirsty land. I will make streams flow on the dry ground. I will pour out my spirit on your children. I will pour out my blessings on their children after them. In our passage out of Isaiah, we have God's reign being uh, exhibited to us in the form of water that is being poured out on a thirsty land. God pouring out His presence is coming down in the form of rain. And He says He's going to pour out His Spirit. He transfers that, that rain uh, in, this, in an illustration of water to an example of His Spirit being poured out on our children. And then he, he moves it over to a blessing that is being poured out on us as His followers. And so when we look at these things and we begin to look at what God is saying, God is wanting to pour out His Spirit on us he wants to be a blessing to our children, or pour out his spirit on our children, and he wants to be a blessing on our children after them. So, not just our children, but our grandchildren and those that continue to follow. And one of the things that I have found to be true that when you begin to follow God, when you dedicate your life to the pursuit of, of who God is and what He desires to do in your life, not only does it affect you, but it affects your children and your grandchildren. And there is this, um, there is this ability to pass that blessing down from generation to generation. Is that right, Miss Jean? Amen. But it is a blessing that is available to us because we seek Him. Because we have been identified as part of the family of God. We recognize that God has chosen us. He wants to pour that blessing out. He wants to pour His favor out. He wants to pour His presence out. His hope. 
The church is God's plan to reach our community. The reason we are working on this facility, the reason that we believe God wants to do certain things in this building is the church building is part of the process to reach a community. People come and people will come into this place, which they do already, Our preschool program is reaching uh, more and more kids every year. Um, If you were part of our Christmas program for our our preschool uh, this last December, every single seat in here was full. It was, it's a beautiful picture. We have, we had parents all over the place and we have the ability through our preschool program to pour into these children the truths of God's Word. Our preschool program isn't just about education. It is about uh, instilling in them the Word of God at a very young age. And people know that when they come here, that we are a Bible-based preschool program. We have no desire to change that. Because we are impacting generations and generations. There are, are, there are people that um, their grandchildren are now part of this program, and they were part of the program. Now, see, that tells you our preschool has been uh, working to impact lives for 40 years. So we have a, we have a history... And that history allows people to continue to come in and be part of it. And this church has a history. Now, sometimes that history is not good, right? Not everybody has a positive experience with the church. We're trying to make sure that the things that God is doing today are going to bring people to an understanding of who God is and what He desires to do in their lives. That's why we've worked with our police officers in town. We've hosted community groups in here to to work with uh, active shooter situations. We've worked with um, uh, revival groups that have come here and met for, you know, because we believe that God wants to utilize Bellbrook Community Church as a as a hub for this and the surrounding communities to take the light and the love of Jesus Christ to the world. And so we're going to continue to do things, which we'll talk about in just a few moments at our meeting, that are going to equip this place to be more in a safer environment through installing increased security cameras throughout the building so that all those that come into this place are going to be protected to the greatest ability that we have. But God is calling us to reach our community, to go into all the world and make disciples. This, this whole concept that we have displayed before you every Sunday, loving God and loving people, is about us allowing the great commandment to walk out in the great commission, to weave these two concepts together. This is what we have been talking with you all about over this last couple weeks that we are being part of this group called uh, Called to Love, which is this initiative to help the, the churches in, in this group become more active in a relational dynamic of walking out the great commission and the great commandment in our lives. So you're going to hear a lot about that in the next couple of weeks. You're going to have a book about that that you're going to be able to read uh, some of these principles. But we believe that God wants us to become a focal point to reach our communities. John 4.35 illustrates to us, he says, don't, 
you have a saying, you say it's all still four months until harvest, but I tell you, open your eyes, look at the fields, they are right, they are ripe for the harvest right now. The message of the Lord is that God is already preparing souls to be saved. We need to have a vision for them. This this message of the Lord that I have been praying about and I have been seeking the Lord about for this year is this whole ability to see. And it's the ability to see even when our vision is struggling. Even when our vision is blurry, to do what is necessary to sharpen our vision so that we see more clearly. To make the adjustments in our prescription through going to Dr. Jesus to make those alterations so that we have the right perspective to see God do miraculous things in this church. Seeing God fulfill age-old declarations. Seeing God accomplish what the hand of man cannot do on its own. This year will hold a prophetic edge. This year will set the stage for this church holding a strategic position in this community for the declaration of God and His message. Now, I'm, I'm just telling you that we are, uh, we are the, the last church that people see going into the city of Bellbrook and the first one they see coming out. We are the largest presentation for this community. There are literally tens of thousands of people that drive up and down this road every day. And so as we are becoming that strategic church to reach our community, God is going to begin to pour out His presence on us in new ways, and we are going to see people coming to this church who are seeking God as a Savior and a Redeemer. Because that's who God wants us to be, is those proclaimers, those heralds that tell people of the coming of the Lord. And we are going to do it through loving them. We're going to do it through telling them about the fact that God sent Jesus Christ into this world to love them, to provide hope and salvation for them. But God is calling us to go and look. Look for the cloud that will announce the coming of His reign. To look for the cloud that will announce God's presence being poured out in new ways. See, each week as you come back to church, you're going to be the eyes of the Lord looking throughout the earth. And you're going to be able to come back in here and say, oh, as I was looking, I saw this cloud, and this this opportunity presented itself to us, and we were able to pray for this individual, and God's presence literally began to be poured out on this, and this person experienced healing. This person experienced deliverance. This person experienced God's love in a tangible way. See, I believe God is is positioning us to become that vessel for our community and the surrounding communities. I believe people are going to continue. We already have an extended reach. We have people from Kettering and from Centerville and Beaver Creek and Spring Valley and Waynesville and Xenia. And God's going to extend our reach in Inglewood. We have people from other areas of Dayton. 
God is going to continue to extend our reach, and we are going to become this strategic place for God's presence to be poured out on the lives of men and women who are seeking Him. And some may think, well, that's a, that's a bold declaration, Pastor. Well, yes, it is. But when God sent Elijah to declare that it was going to rain, it had not rained for three and a half years. And God sent his, his prophet to go and to declare that he was going to pour out his spirit in this special way. And church, I believe God is going to pour out His Spirit on us. I believe He has been preparing us and equipping us. That He has brought up the leadership that we need to see us go into new areas this year and do new things. I believe from our worship team all the way down to our children's ministry that God has equipped us to do something amazing this year that will set the stage for the next three to five years for God to continue to reach our communities. And our growth is only going to be limited by the faith that we can believe God for. So church, will you believe God with me? Will you go out and look this week and see if you see the cloud? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your presence. And today I pray that we as your people would be willing to believe you for fresh rain. For an outpouring of your presence in such a significant way that Father, the, the drought in people's souls would be quenched through your presence being poured into them. Father, help us to be carriers of your cup of blessing, of your cup of favor, of your cup of hope, of your cup of love, that we would be able to pour that out into these, these lives on a daily basis, that we would be a living, walking example of your presence to this world. And we just thank you. I pray the challenge be accepted by each person here that every day this week we find someone new to pour your presence out on. And that we would begin to declare the coming of your reign in their lives. We just thank you. We ask your blessing on these things. In your precious name. Amen. Church, I'm excited about where we're going. If you have not been part of the last couple weeks and you um, want to listen to those messages, you can do through, do through our website, um, bellbrookcc.org. Also, um, you can access those if you go to, um, you download the app called Tithely, T-I-T-H-E dot L-Y. Um, you could download that app and if you type in Bellbrook Community Church, our church app will then fill in and you can, um, you can actually have access to all of our sermons right there on your phone and you can download them and listen to them. You can also send up prayer requests on there. Also, our crew app, if you're not on our crew app right now, we want you to be part of that. Uh, our crew app is how we send out weekly updates for people on um, whether, you know, for instance, like if we'd had a major storm, we put it out on there letting people know we're not going to have church. But praise God, you know, there was just the threats of snow, which we've had more threats than we've had snow. Um, so um, 
Praise God for a mild winter. But I know some people are saying, oh, let it snow, let it snow. And hey, I'll take snow, just not on Saturday night. So uh, it can snow six other nights a week. So it's, I'm okay with that. But I uh, just want you to be part of what God's doing. Um, so at this time, our ushers are going to come. We're going to wait upon you for morning tithes and offering. After we pray, we're going to give you about 10 minutes to uh, uh, fellowship. Talk to your people. We're going to invite you to, if you have children, to go pick up your kids. I'm serious when I tell you we're going to keep this as short and sweet as possible. We're going to invite you to bring them into the sanctuary with you. Uh, it is not going to be a challenge for you. Trust me, you're going to do great. Um, I have to keep encouraging some of you that it really is going to be a smooth process. We've got this down. Um, but we want you to be part of that. Uh, keep uh, two things in prayer. Number one, Pastor Nancy, I forgot to mention at the beginning of service, um, one of our pastors, a member of their family, passed away this morning. So uh, Pastor Nancy, is this, as the district director for our, our denomination, had to go down to Troy, uh, take care of a service this morning. Um, so she is down there um, providing care for that church. Um, so keep her in prayer. Also, uh, Donna and uh, Jean are heading to Oregon this week. Donna is speaking uh, out in Portland uh, for uh, the, some of the previous pastors of the church, Jim and Betty Brown. Donna is going to be uh, ministering to their women out there. And so we're excited about that. So keep uh, Donna in prayer this week as her and Jean travel out there and pray that God just uh, allow her to bring a challenge to those women on uh, the things that God What's to do in them? And then also Wednesday night, we're still here uh, Wednesday night for service. We want you to come out and be part of that. Uh, we're excited about all that God is doing with that. So let's pray. Father, thank you for this opportunity to give. I pray your blessing on this offering that it would be multiplied to meet the needs of the church and uh, reach the furtherance of your kingdom into all areas of the world. And we thank you for that. We pray your blessing on these things in your name. Amen. Now, if you are not a member and you want to stay for our annual meeting, please do so. We, there is no better way for you to get a picture of what God is wanting to do than to stay and be part of this. It's, uh, it really just gives you a... We're, we'll do a few celebrations on things that were accomplished this year. As well as I'll present to you some of the things as we're looking forwards, things that we want, that we believe God's going to help us do this year. And some of them are exciting things. So we want you to stay and be part of it. So love on one another and then get your kids and come back.